to Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday edition. Good to be with you. Another step closer to football being played in Tallahassee on Sunday. Doak Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field. What a night that's going to be, and we are really close now. Excited to be here. Give you my Redemption Thursday wagers momentarily. By the way, find me on Twitter, at Jay Cameron Show. Uh, no, Daryl, I just saw your question. We've answered plenty of questions today that don't have any money attached to them. I'll continue to do that as usual. Uh, also would note here that... Um, that uh, Florida State is healthy, said that. We had a few questions about that before. They're looking like they're going to be in good shape for this game. So uh, you've got everybody on deck, ready to go. I'm ready, man. I saw that list today. We've had how many conversations this week? Separate phone calls about all these uh, lines, early lines, season totals, mm. futures. Sure. Probably six or seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and I you know, we're Those gathering the phone more calls. I know it. Usually around like 8:30 at night or 8:15 in the morning. Those when I see your name pop up on the phone, that means it's wager time. Likely, I like that. Likely wager time or perhaps a little uh side note, just a little information being passed on over to you. That's right. That's it. last night I was doing a site visit at the corner pocket. I had a libations fest on Saturday. Site visit, baby. That's right. And there was a phone call and I said, Oop, he's on his way to do the Sirius XM show. What does he want to talk about? And mm. you said, Did you hear about blah 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 blah? Because it's gonna push that line. You better jump on it, buddy. And I said, Thank you, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did do I'm that. I'm texting right now. And that's what I did. <laughs> well, listen, man. You try to help out your brothers. You gotta do what you gotta do. We're all out there. Getting after it, having a good time. It's um, it's good to have all the information at your fingertips. So on that note, Redemption Thursday wagers really quick. We'll post there on the stream. You can see that. Uh, Kentucky versus uh, ULM. I'm going over 54. Louisiana Lafayette and Texas. I'm going under 58. I got Jimbo's uh, Texas A&M Aggies going minus 28 and a half against Kent State. Yep. South Alabama minus one against Southern Miss. I took NC State minus 19 against USF. I think they'll batter and bruise them. Western Kentucky minus 22 against Tennessee Martin. Hmm. Eastern Michigan plus three and a half against UNLV. Going to pull the upset. If you're looking for like a parlay, throw that little sucker in there and maybe get you, get you an upset. North Carolina minus five and a half against Virginia Tech. Getting greedy now with the parlay. That's a beautiful car, too, isn't it? Look at the colors. It's just pleasing to the eye on the uh, stream. Oh, I wasn't looking at the stream. The menu? What the hell card are you talking about? I'm talking about the Metro Deli card. That is a nice card. I like me with the bag of money at the ATM on that card. MetroDeliTally.com for really good food. So, I, you know, I, I'm excited, just like everybody else. I'm really excited because they're healthy and they had an intense practice today, even though they weren't full pads. Uh, I know that uh, they continue to be... Uh, I think, you know, more than anything else, a team that is is ready to play football. When you listen to our players right now, Jermaine Johnson and the rest of these guys, clearly ready to play a little bit of football. So, uh, into camp, that's true of everybody. But I think that they have repped as much as they can. I can't talk about install, but I saw some yesterday. And, you know, they they know what the game plan is. We'll see if they execute it. We'll see a couple of things. Are they able to execute it physically, and are they mentally sharp? Uh, because, you know, there were times last year where things happened that you know weren't coached. You know, things happened last year where you'd say nobody taught them to do that. That is rat trapping. That's somebody trying to make a play that they shouldn't. That's somebody getting outside their comfort zone. That's somebody desperate. That's somebody not staying within the scheme. Don't want to see any of that. Need to see this group get back to playing good, sound football. 
Results will be the results. We'll talk about them and we'll react to them. But just play good, sound football. Give yourself a fight and a chance. Because, you know, it's true of the NFL as well. And coaches reference this quite a bit. It's very rare to see a team consistently go out and win games. Other teams lose them. Oh, on Sundays especially, yeah. There's no doubt. If you give yourself a chance by just being smart, adhering to the game plan, playing you know, good fundamental football, do it long enough. The other team will give you a chance. The other team will give you an opportunity to win a game. Uh, now, you can't account for turnover luck, so nobody knows how that's going to go. I mean, tip passes and things of that ilk. But if you're, if you're where you're supposed to be and you do it again and again and again, you give yourself a chance to benefit uh, from a few good bounces here or there, and all of a sudden you're in a position to win a game. So we're finally at the home stretch where we are only talking, exclusively talking about 10,000-foot view questions, right? You know, future of the program, what is this going to do, what are the expectations for this year, the implications for the signing class, you name it, we've had all these kinds of questions. But my question to you would be, after seeing practice at different levels, different increments now, you've seen them without pads, you've seen them practice in full pads, and then also in a game week, which usually is a little bit different than a fall camp practice would be. How do you feel about the direction of things? Has it impacted your view on the direction of things, or did you already have expectations set and they're matching the expectations that you had set in your mind? Of the coaching staff. Of the coaching staff and the way they conduct things and your confidence in the coaching staff to execute what they want to do. So I want to harken back to the root of my answer here, uh, which goes back to spring. And I had a great opportunity, thanks to Coach Norvell and Florida State University, uh, they they tagged me along with Gene Deckerhoff um, and Andy Staples and Andrea Adelson to be guest coaches and to get a taste of what it was like to be on the headset in real time, to call plays, offense and defense. But more than that, they also invited us out to the team dinner that they had at Coach Norvell's house. And, you know, again – to get that kind of access is very rare, and I appreciate it greatly. And Coach Norvell, I will tell you this, and I've seen this consistently, and you have too, maybe not this intimately as I'm describing, but you've seen this. When he commits to something, whether it's a a motto or a promotion uh, or a workout or whatever it might be, then he is all in. He is. There's no, you know, like think about the recruiting thing at midnight and all that. I mean, he is all in, and he gets everybody in line, and they're all in as well. It's understood. It's laid out before them. This is what we're doing. I need you to be part of this. I need you to be committed to it. I need you to be actively a part of what we're doing. Yeah, the regiments. I can speak to one example in practice, which is, you know, in practice throughout the course of spring and fall. I don't know about game weeks so much, but there are times, well, maybe frequently, where boosters. Mm-hmm. High-level boosters may be on the sidelines to take in those practices. Correct. That is one of the, there were three the privileges yesterday. that's afforded you mm-hmm. when you are a high-level booster. Mm-hmm. Mike is so regimented that he can get from the defensive field to the offensive field to the specialists and then work in time to make sure that they feel as important as they are, those boosters. Mm-hmm. Spend a couple of time, even in the course of practice, to say hello, ask a couple of questions, give a couple of answers and some insights, and then roll right back in. You could tell that it's almost in his mind to the second. We've seen instances in which he said he was going to go live for like fall camp this year. 20 seconds, and he's serious. Like oh. he's, He yelled at the top of his lungs. Like, yeah. no, he wants you is, to know we're starting on time. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can see how he maps it out in his mind. 
that everything is going to have a finite time and he's got a clock that's ticking at all times. And that's important because every minute you get with players matters. Yeah. It's so restricted compared to the way it used to be. So the reason I brought all of that up is to say that being given that insight and having the opportunity to sit into his coach's room right next to his office and him kind of lay out before us the way that he sets up uh, the play charts, down distance, the calls that he wants in certain scenarios, how his car that he holds, that he calls the plays from, is compiled, how he does that, the, the give and take with his coaches as they build to that, and then also, you know, kind of the, the methodology of what happens on a game day from start to finish, what time they get up, what time they eat, where they have to be. So he prepares his team this way, his coaching staff this way. It's very thorough, as you're describing. But when we went out to his house for dinner, the entire team was there. And the first thing that happened that impressed me, and I don't think he would mind me saying this, it's, um, I don't think it's too much behind the curtain, uh, he, he, he addressed that team after they had the opportunity to go through the line. They had it catered, of course. There was somebody providing food. The team got food. We were out by his pool, and he spoke to that team after they got done eating, and he thanked them for coming out to the house. And I won't get into the details of everything that he said, but he is a good little five-minute conversation that he was having with them. You could tell that he cares very deeply about those kids, and they could tell, more, imp- more importantly, so much so that they responded at one point while he was talking, and... It was, it was awesome to see. There was a real connection, a real bond there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to check the box there. There's, that's not always the case between head coach and team. A head coach has a lot of responsibilities in college football, especially at big-time programs, to the point where players don't always get sort of a feel for who their head coach really is as a man. They know who he is as a coach, but they don't know who he is as a man. And that is a special thing. When, when it happens, when there's a bond, guys will run through fire for you. They'll run through walls for you. And you don't have to have that in order to win, but it's nice, especially when you're trying to build to something, or in this case, rebuild, right? So in my head, I checked the box and said, okay, there's a connection. That's good to see. And he was genuine. He was authentic in that moment. So right off the bat, I thought, all right, this group is going to play hard for him because they believe him and they and they they believe in what he's telling them to do, okay? So that was a good thing to see. Then down on the sideline for the actual spring game, I listened on the headset to Kenny Dillingham, I heard Adam Fuller, I heard Coach Norvell, I saw the interaction. Everything from the Vada boys to what the hell are you doing and everything in between, right? But I also watched how the team responded in those moments because some of those can be intense. I mean, you're competing, you want to put your best foot forward. But also, if you make the kinds of mistakes that we saw uh, Tate Rodemaker make, um, then, then you know, I mean, that... Uh, it was captured by the videos. You're not giving away trade secrets. Yeah, that was a toughie. I mean, he... The rage in his face was seen by all. Well, he froze in the moment. It's It happens, but he just could not get rid of the ball. And they were imploring him to get rid of the ball. And some things were said that you thought, mm, that's a toughie. But that's football, man. I mean, that... That's nothing compared to some of the stuff that used to go on. And you're like, okay, well, that, but he handled it well. But also, I checked, as with any individual that they had to get on, what happened a few minutes later? What did the other coaches do? What did that coach, the one who was doing the yelling, do? 
they always circle back. They always circle back and explain themselves. They go back and make sure, you all right? You know, they put their arm around him and let them know, hey, I may have undressed you in front of the team right there and said all the things you did wrong and, you know, really laid into you for the mistakes that you were making in the moment. But I care about you. This is because I need you to get better and you're capable of more. And they basically would tell them that. So tough love. Tough love is what that is. Well, you can also see it in a player's eyes and some sidelines, like, I don't know, the 2010 Florida sidelines. Oh, yeah. Right? No, no connection there. Right. You could see when something is said to the player in their expression, they shut down internally. Yes. Like, I, well, yes. I've turned you off. I, I don't care what you say. It's Forget it. And that's important. When you're trying to repair a culture, you might still see that from a few players with the incoming coach because you didn't recruit me. What do you care about me? Right. Last guy lied to me or he failed me. One of the two. One of the two, right? So what do you care? And you could see their expression go to shutdown mode the moment they're being yelled at. That's an important thing to monitor for in practice and monitor for in the spring interactions that you saw. They were uh, they respond. I mean, not every guy handles it really well in the moment, but 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 almost universally, you see that they do respond eventually. They come around, and, and the coaches make it a point. And, there, again, there's consistent messaging from all of the staff. So I say that to say this. That's a sign of a buttoned-up, organized staff with a plan from the head man on down. And leadership determines all of this. And I used to just roll my eyes at the idea of people just blindly referencing um, character and leadership without – expressing any succinct sort of answers for those questions, right? Like without saying, well, this is what that means, or this is what this looks like, or this is how this works. But now I know, now I know it. You see it, these businesses that are well-run, you see organizations that have great leadership from the top down and how those that are in a role to serve the ultimate CEO, whomever it might be, they carry that message from the top and they pass it on down to each group, each management group and all and if it's bought into and believed, then you get everybody pulling in the right direction. And, of course, we end up seeing the rising tide, boats rise, all that good stuff, all the successes that we hear about at very successful companies. But it has to be something that is believed in, trusted, and it has to be a plan. It has to be a, a, an actual plan. So I've seen all of that. I've watched how they do that. Now, that's not to say there won't be guys who fail in their duties and their jobs, not from lack of effort and not because they didn't believe they just didn't do a good enough job, and they'll be replaced. That happens everywhere with every organization. Some guy's just not the right guy at the right time, whatever it might be, right? But I would say that it, having witnessed all of that, I thought, well, okay, the, the basics are there. The, the, what they had to have in this coaching staff is in place. What they, at the bare minimum, what they needed to have in place is there. Work ethic, trust, belief, organization plan all of it's there so check 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 then you throw in the connection in terms of the emotional like i talked about the relationship with the head coach and his players that too check 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 so i have thought even in the spring and on into the fall camp that the right group is here it's a question of how quickly they can begin to win football games at the rate we want them to that we desperately wish for them to do and that involves a lot of other questions that have nothing to do with the coaching staff or organization and everything to do with the talent, everything to do with the depth of talent, everything to do with the recruiting classes of the future, everything to do with supplanting some guys who are not at Florida State's level. 
That's the whole thing. Like hardworking football players who believe, who care, doing the right thing, all that stuff. But they're just not where they need to be. Not if we want to beat Clemson in the Atlantic. Not if we expect to beat Notre Dame on Sunday night. Not if we think we're going to go back to winning 10, 11 games every year no matter what and make, it, make a run at a national title. But that's not something that this staff on a Sunday night against Notre Dame can do anything about, right? That's something they can only do something about in recruiting by raising the floor. And so I trust the group. I trust the staff. I trust where they're at. I think it's the right group. But, I, you know, it's going to be a little while. It's going to take a little time, even with all those things in place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. I've been encouraged at these practices. I've been encouraged what I see on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I, I think you got hardworking guys who care deeply. Above and beyond, just trying to do their job and obviously making a lot of money. I think they care deeply about these kids having success. Because if you ask somebody to buy into all the things that they've asked them to buy into, and you know what they've been through, and you were raised in football, as he was, right? You were a player, too, as he was. Then you know what kind of sacrifice that is, and you desperately want those kids to to have a, a taste of success because of the sacrifices necessary to get there. So... Now, that's all there. It's just uh, I wonder how quickly it can get turned around. I wonder how quickly they can get to a place where it's overwhelmingly obvious that it's going in the right direction. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply I don't know why, Tom, but every time I hear that song or any other Steely Dan song, for that matter, I picture you and I in L.A. Uh, as we were, but also uh, just like separately this scenario by which we're at a jazz bar at 3 a.m. and we're we're people watching. We're enjoying, like you and I are sitting at the back yeah, table yeah. having, a, having a, a cold one or something or maybe a sip of scotch or something, and we're looking around. We're like, ooh, my man's feeling it. Oh, they're getting up on stage. Here we go. This is going to be good. You know, <laughs> don't you get that sense? Like. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me of the uh, the jazz club I was in in Manhattan. Mm. I was in a pretty cool place called the Flatiron Room, and it's got a book, and I mean it looks like Britannica, full of different whiskeys and scotches. Nice. Yeah, nice. it was awesome. Coley writes, Mr. Cameron, what are you expecting out of Notre Dame this Sunday evening? I'm expecting a very physical team that's well-coached. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of uh, 12 personnel, that's double tights. I think they're going to run the ball right at Florida State. I think they'll do a lot of the things they did a year ago on their way to having uh, an obscene day, at least from our vantage point as Knowles, on the ground. Because they're going to want to test uh, Florida State's chin. They're going to want to see, have you gotten any better at stopping the run? Why would you ever go away 
from that when you ran it at a clip of you know ten yards a carry or more at times in that game, you really wouldn't because it's the number one way to help out your pedestrian quarterback. Jack Cohn can be uh, a serviceable and and a game managing quarterback that wins football games if you run the football, throw off a play action, if you get a defense to have to creep up and really kind of overplay the run, if you will. And, uh, you know, I don't think Florida State can play it straight up. I don't think they can play it honest. I think they have to commit numbers to stopping the run. I don't think they're physically uh, big enough or deep enough as the game wears on to be able to do that. How about early, though? Early, early. Well, I would, yeah, early on I would try to play it honest and see what we get and see if you can. Now, that, by the way, is something to look for. We'll talk about this in uh, the pregame show on Tallahassee Game Day on uh, Sunday. I'm looking forward to doing that with you. Because that is something I want to see early on. Yeah, you come out in your base and let's see what happens. But I don't think, um, you know, Florida State is a smaller team defensively on the whole. And, and they their linebackers are such that, given that that's the weakness, you don't want to have a lot of linebackers on the field. You, you, but, but in order to do that, to avoid that, you're going to play a lot of nickel and dime. But Notre Dame running the football right at you prohibits you from being able to play a lot of nickel and dime, so your linebackers have to be on the field. And if they can expose those linebackers by setting you up through the run and knowing that they're physical and then throwing off of that and getting them isolated to where they have to cover, then you get beat. You know that, That's the problem. I think teams are going to test that game in and game out. NC State is going to do that as well. Now, we're playing Notre Dame. We'll worry about NC State later on. But they'll come out and try to be very physical and run the ball. And if they're successful, they won't come out of it, and it's going to be a long day at the office. If you're able to force them by getting stops and putting them behind the chains to where you have a bunch of third and fives and third and sixes, and you can get off the field, well, now we got a ball game, folks. Now we got a ball game. Now I don't know how consistently well we're going to move the ball on their defense, and they're going to try to confuse with multiple looks, and you did a great job of breaking that down. Uh, on warchant.com, but that that's, for me, the, the biggest question of this game is can Florida State play the way they want to play on defense or is it going to be dictated to them uh, through the physical approach of Notre Dame and 12 personnel running the ball right at us? I think it's interesting about Jack Cohn is if you guess, you can guess right on him. He's very much a this-is-where-everybody-should-be kind of quarterback. Five steps, three steps, and the ball is out to a quick slant, something like that. Where if you if you decide you want to take an angle and cut it off at the pass, I don't know that they're going to pull many double moves with Jack. Cole. Not early, certainly. I think if the if he ends up having success down the field, this will all be born out of the run game, and then yeah. they, and then you get caught looking in the backfield and creeping a little bit, and then any quarterback worth his salt can hit a wide open receiver on a double move or uh, you know stop and go or something like that. You, you're going to see some of that. But when you're looking to flares to the outside, quick slants. Things like that. He he just seems very much like a, I need to get the ball out by this time, come hell or high water. And so I think there are some opportunities there for the defense to maybe improvise on their own, guess a little bit. I'm not saying you need to do that early on. Play it honest and, and stick to your job and do your job. But uh, you know when you look at Jordan Travis, what we're worried about is when things are routine, when you're standing in the pocket, Mm-hmm. Can you make the throws? Mm-hmm. Can you deliver the ball where it needs to well, go? Well, can this line hold up to give you time to do that? Yeah. Because the improvisational side of him is it's, fine. You know, it's better than fine. Well, nobody's got any questions about that, yeah. Right, and Cone, I think, is the opposite. Like, if you can get him in a place where he's a little bit co- less comfortable with, I don't know if this is this look is going to be here when it's supposed to be. Oh, what do I do? Oh, he goes down. 
he doesn't have very much improvisation in him. He is more on schedule. So what can you do to disrupt that? Can you guess or can you get home quick enough? Because well, if you can, his head, his eye level will drop. Yeah. And that's an important thing because then when you see that out of a quarterback, it's blood in the water, baby. Well, you got to win first down. We never won first down a year ago on either side of the ball, really, outside of uh, you know improvised plays like you're talking about. But they, they you got to win first down on defense and get them to where they can be more predictable, um, and you can get, you can pin your ears, and you can get Jermaine Johnson getting at him, and you start to hit him, and you send some messages. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since this defense dictated terms and sent messages, um, and and got guys to to look down and see the rush. Um, you know, we we haven't been very good at getting guys, uh, you know, off their spot. You know, th- these guys have stayed comfortably in the pocket with a lot of time. That's how our secondary got exposed to no end. You can't cover, you can't ask this secondary, any secondary for that matter, to cover somebody for five and six seconds at a time. So, you know, then very pedestrian quarterbacks, and he is. I don't care if he comes in here and throws for 500 yards. He's pedestrian. I've seen enough of the film. I know what he is. He's an average-ass quarterback. But average-ass quarterbacks win a lot of football games if you let them throw in rhythm, you give them a lot of time to feel comfortable, and they get, you know, they let receivers come open because you're not, harassing them so that if your havoc rate is low in the backfield they get comfortable and he's on scholarship he's a college football player he's gonna make those throws I mean so you gotta get to him and I certainly hope you do that by winning first down now it's second and eight now it's third and five all right we can reasonably expect we're gonna see a pass here let's go let's dial some things up the other thing that I think it's fair game to say that we've seen in camp that I really hope bears out in a game because, you know, like you've said multiple times, it's got to be slow enough for you when you actually get out there for the live reps of a game yeah. that you can execute what you were doing in practice. Mm-hmm. The thing I've seen is much better technique at finding the football from our corners. Finding the football. Because the one thing that Cone will do, I've said this a few times, I'm sure we'll talk about it again on Tallahassee Game Day on Sunday at 4 o'clock on Warchan TV and right here, is Jack Cone will test you outside the numbers now. If he sees a one-on-one matchup, even early on, maybe it's just a... Make the safety play honest pre-snap. I hope he does. I hope, I he hope does. so too. I hope he does. I want to see what our corners do. Well, Can we think, turn around and find the freaking football for once? I think Travis J will make plays. Um, you know, we talked about Jones being back at practice. Uh, Miko Dodson's had a good camp. There've been a lot of guys. They've got some dudes back there now. I, I, they really do. I, this could be a, a, a favorable matchup for Florida State. It could be. Um, you know, again, you got to have to get some pressure because nobody can cover anybody for five and six seconds. Real quick, Daryl asked a question. I wanted to answer it. Compare Cone to Notre Dame's quarterback from last year, Ian Book, is who you're referencing, Daryl. Uh, is there any comparison? No, in the sense that Ian could move, he could get around, and he could hurt you with his legs a little bit. Uh, I think. Right. I think Book was a better quarterback. You talk about improv. Yeah, yeah. Ian Book could do a lot of that. Yeah, Ian Book could do a lot of that. He's a, he was a better player uh, than Jack Cone. Uh, I, I never thought Ian Book was elite. I thought he was a um, agreed. I thought he was a, a nice college player. That's just what I. He's flawed though. I mean, when they got oh. to the playoff, you're like, nope, that, oh, that ain't gonna yeah, cut it. Yeah. That's not good enough. No, I agree. Um, I th- again, I think that you've, you're talking about a Notre Dame team that has recruited well, that has a very good tradition of blocking it up. I mean, that offensive line is consistently really good. And I know that we keep pointing to the fact that they've had to replace four of the five starting linemen from the, from a year ago. But I assure you, the guys that are going to roll out there are good. 
you know that's the that's the beauty of stockpiling talent is is knowing that in some capacity in certain areas especially areas of which you stress i mean notice that notre dame year in and year out has elite tight ends and they've got another good crop of tight ends this year i mean there 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 are points of emphasis for the style of play that they want to to run and and they recruit to it and they've recruited to, kelly's done a very good job you know at notre dame anymore it's not yesteryear it's not you know Kids that are the five-star elite skill players, they're going to Alabama. They're going to Clemson. They're going to Ohio State, and they're going, you know, name your schools, Georgia, obviously. But they're not exactly flocking to Notre Dame. But what you do get with Notre Dame is a big offensive line. You get a talented core of running backs, usually, year in and year out. Very physical brand of football. You get good tight ends. Pretty average quarterback play. But... They play very physical. They play stout defense. And if you're able to do that, you're in most games. Until you get to those dynamic teams like Clemson, like Oklahoma, like Georgia, like Alabama, then you get your doors blown off because that's a whole other level. They're not there, but they're just below it. And we're fighting to get back to that because you got to walk before you can run. Now, once you get there, you want to kick down the door, and therein lies the frustration. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you feel like Kelly's done a great job of getting, again, speaking from a Notre Dame standpoint, you would say, well, I know that we're not going to be a laughing stock. I know that Kelly's going to have a, a, a good team. I know that we're going to win our fair share of games. We're going to win eight games every year, maybe 10, maybe 11. Who knows? But we're, we're going to have a good season. Can we get back to winning national championships, which they've been asking for a very long time? And when they get the opportunity, they're getting crushed. So they, they get this, the, you know, the smack across the face that says, you're not there. You're not there. You're just below. And that probably is frustrating because you wonder, can you ever get fully back to being there amongst that elite group? See, that's where when Notre Dame, I mean, excuse me, that's when Florida State is operating at peak efficiency that you know, yes, the answer is a resounding yes. We just saw it. 2013, they were the most talented team in the country. They won the national championship. 2014, they had an undefeated regular season. Uh, 2015, they were a 10-win team. When they're operating to peak efficiency, they recruit to the level that Georgia does, that Alabama does, that, that you know, obviously uh, Ohio State and Clemson do. Notre Dame has yet to do that, but they're a very good team and a well-coached team. So this is going to make you wince. I know it is, as I asked this question, but Florida State did list three linebacker positions on the depth chart. Given the matchup against Notre Dame and what Notre Dame wants to do, do you think there's a percentage of time that three linebackers are going to be on the field for Florida State in, in one play? Yeah, I, I think if if Notre Dame is successfully running the ball with big personnel, you're going to have to have your backers out there to step up and stop the run. You can't have defensive backs out there, although we have a couple very physical safeties that uh, – you know, have some weight to them. And There's the hidden question. Yeah, yeah. Green McKnight, maybe, or or Shaheem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but think about what you're asking at that point. Again, that's a tough ask, especially out of a freshman. In the case of Shaheem, um, he's a nice player. He's going to be a real good player. But that's a tough ask physically uh, for him in his first ever game. I mean, geez, maybe he does it. Who knows? People surprise us sometimes. But remember that first year, Jaden Lars Woodby came up and they asked him to play out of position, and he hit. <laughs> Yeah. And he played well, and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, he ended up being a tweener and not any good at all. Safety's a weird position, man. It's a tough position. Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV returns in a moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, not long now, man. One downside for uh, the the time switch for the Jeff Cameron show, Tom, is the uh, the feeling that I have right now, which would normally be, oh, okay, it's Thursday night, we got college football on the air. We'd get off the air, we would race home because that first kickoff would be happening within an hour. But this being a mid afternoon show now, you got more time to wait and i don't want to wait i'm ready to watch football for our lives to be over <laughs> 20 <laughs> 28 games what hopefully, are we doing hopefully we don't get pinged by the record companies because that was a great rendition mm, incredible. I, I agree that's one downside though i do kind of like feeling done with the day at least from the on-air perspective we've got other stuff we need to do for warchant.com and college sportsbook right but mm-hmm. and it's 325 in the afternoon i'm like oh i still got time the day is not done yet i have more time it's a good feeling. It, that part of it is, without question, a good feeling. Uh, Kinsey has a question. I have a hard time believing Notre Dame is that much more athletic slash talented than we are. Recruiting has been pretty similar with the exception of last year. Hopefully Norvell made up time in the development. Well, yes, but continuity or lack thereof and having a system in place and a way of doing things that uh, has been installed and carried over from season to season impacts the talent that is there. Uh, in the room and on the field. And uh, Florida State has had to run off a lot of those recruiting classes. By the way, there have been plenty of guys that are no longer uh, with this team that were part of the recruiting classes you're referencing. And I do know that it's never advisable to have three coaching staffs in four years. So, uh, you know, or, or five for that matter. So, yeah, that, that, that is problematic. I would note one of the recruiting classes under Willie is com- almost completely gone. It is. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah, plenty of guys like, that aren't anywhere here at all. Like, it was almost one full recruiting class, not like spread out over two or three seasons. Like, mm-hmm. one of them is just well, like, also, just take a look at the draft and see what Notre Dame's done with their offensive line in the NFL and right, what Florida State's right. done. What has Florida State done? with offensive linemen in the draft lately? Nothing. I was going to say something else, but... but uh, Big yeah. Rod Johnson, and then that's you, about... You know. A lot of nothing. Yeah. So we could look at all the skill position players we want because they're sexy and they end up making um, a recruiting class ranking higher. But the truth is, if your linemen suck and theirs don't, I don't care if you've got the fastest crop of wide receivers of all time, you're going to lose at the line of scrimmage. Do ours, though, our five offensive linemen. Suck? I know it's a dangerous question to no, ask. No, I don't think they suck. Right, but that's that's improvement. That's a we're lot getting of there. Yeah, they're better. They're better. They're not good. We're, we're not to average yet, right? I don't think so. Well, let's is find out. Is there a out. chance? Is there a Saturday? chance to yeah, get to average? There is a chance to get to average. That's headline news for uh, you know Seminole or sorry JCS fans mm-hmm. from the old place of employment. Yeah, because um, we had a scale. It's frustrating to to think about again how long. Think about how long we've been waiting for an offensive line to not be a question mark. Now, fans traditionally blame the offensive line for everything that goes wrong all the time. It is, for me, the position that is most obvious to see when it breaks down. You know, you you don't necessarily know what routes were being called and whether that's on the quarterback or the receiver. You don't know, did they round it instead of cut it off? Did he not come back to the ball? You know, all those things. Now, Jimbo would tell you. If your left tackle, if there's a blow-by on your left tackle and he's a freaking turnstile, you know that that's a breakdown on your offensive line. That's we weren't supposed to do that. No, that was never the idea there. Now, you may not know technically exactly what happened, you might not know that the footwork was off, or you might not know what was, you know, what the protection was. But you do know that dude just got beat 
badly. If there's a bull rush and a guy gets thrown on his ass, you know physically he just got humiliated and it led to your backfield being blown up. So fans typically will always point to the offensive line as the biggest problem. Uh, even, even good offensive lines get yelled at by fan bases who know, intellectually, they know, they've grasped that they have a good offensive line. I guarantee you somewhere at an Alabama bar when, when they're watching the Tide and they know damn well they've got one of the best three offensive lines in the country, you'll hear people go, oh, what, I wish our offensive line, you just, you'd know it. That's, it happened in 13. Yeah. With our fan base. Oh, yeah. They would get mad at our offensive People line. People were still mad at really Trickett good. in the offensive line. I was like, yeah. well, well yeah. I might agree maybe on the long you know, point, but this year, no. no you no. got to stand down, sir. Yeah. Stand yeah. down, ma'am. Yeah. Really, really good. I agree. Jeff and Tom, absolutely love the show. Thanks, Tom. Making my second trip to the Mecca Sunday. First time for a sellout. Big game. Just thank you and go Knowles. Well, thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all of you for listening, and thanks for the support. Really do appreciate it. My man Maverick Helmets, LLC, I know who you are, and we've got that helmet. Does anyone know if the buses from the TLC C to Doak will be running on Sunday night? I don't I think know. they are. They, they are not. They are not. They are I, not. I believe special assistance charters are still running if you need extra help, but uh, the standard, I forget what it was called, like the Knoll Shuttle Whatever or something that like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no more. I saw a release on that, I think, last month when they announced it. So better start your trek a little bit earlier. Those those lots are going to be lit, buddy. <laughs> That's the one thing, you know, listen, I love the hell out of this job. Yeah. But when you have a pregame show and then you got a postgame, post-game show, show you can't there get, isn't a whole lot of tailgating. No, not a lot of tailgating. That's why if we go to Snuggy Hill, maybe it's just, uh, you know, we go there for entertainment purposes. I have Who to knows? admit I may have been a little aggressive yesterday when I suggested we should set fire to that hill. <laughs> yeah, Some right. people pointed out that seemed a bit much. Yeah. I got carried away. I was very excited. I was very excited to see, um, you know, what what happens at Stuggy Hill. And I still who has am. the kerosene? Come on! <laughs> oh man, I do. I I have. Yeah, you know, I think I told you. I've never been to a game at Wake Forest. Really? I've never been to a game at Wake Forest. No. I've I, every year when I had opportunities to go and cover it, I'd go. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Don't need to go to Wake Forest. Tiny-ass little school. No, I'm good. If you went in 2013, you would have seen the only missed kick from Roberto Aguayo all season long. And uh, I asked him about it the following year during media day, and he uh, explained exactly what happened and then proceeded to tell me he would never miss another kick. Quite literally said that. He would not miss another kick. Did he? He did miss other kicks. Not many here, but uh, he missed a bevy of he didn't, kicks. He wasn't that good from 50-plus in, in 14. No. Uh, That's, that was one of the concerns when the Buccaneers drafted him. Well, among the, the I, I had a lot of him. concerns about that draft pick. I remember it well, and I expressed those concerns, and uh, unfortunately, all of my greatest concerns came to pass. That particular Wake Forest game in 2013, I remember the watch party. It was not an infamous watch party. It was just a I was good old-fashioned watch party. No, something that, that was BC. That was BC. Uh, the, the Wake one, it was uh, declared that there would be shots for a pick six. And a pick six came on that very play. That is a legendary moment in corner pocket history. I also know that uh, the BC game that you're referencing did feature... <laughs> a problem. Well, not a problem. Right. Just a comment that made a woman bristle. A family, yes. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? 
That's correct. We have rules here. We've got maybe it, maybe ninety three three audience non, and Ward Chan TV audience. This is not non-smoky. Right. There are rules here. If you are a, you're at a bar and grill. Thank you. Anything goes. Bar and grill. Well, I mean, within reason, obviously. Language yeah, yes. wise. Yeah, well, language, you know, yeah, yeah. within reason. Yeah. Yes. Four letter words. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're at a grill and bar. Got to tone it down. The family might be there. But a bar and grill, things happen. Things are said. Emotions are high. Unfortunately for you, sir, mm. there was a blind spot with one of well, the support teams. Well, there was a pole there. I couldn't that's see right, that right. family. It was and not I, a coach's pole. No. And I said something about our lack of tackling. That's correct. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's something to the effect Now they of, have high top bars yes, between between yes, the, yes. those uh yeah. those barriers. Something to the effect of being soft that we were soft and I it, it yes. That's correct. And that, and that poor woman was like Jesus. Well, that man too. Yeah. There was the a whole family. family. The whole family. It was a little bit You're like, "Jeff, keep naming them. The dad, That's the mom, right. the, the, kid, children. the children." <laughs> they weren't teens. They got an education. Yeah, they did. You're at a they bar grew, and grill. They grew up that day. You are on a bar. You are at a bar and grill. This is a football game. It's an emotional thing. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. Hey, again, Jeff Cambridge, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Here's offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Bottom five: Phillies, Nats. Six to one, six to nothing, Nats. Is that right? Mm. Aaron Nola getting lit up. Paolo Espino. <laughs> A's Tigers bottom five, always. 8-1 Oakland, beating that ass. Frankie Montas, Matt Manning there. Brewers, Giants, Giants on a skid. Get it together, Sam Fran. No, the Dodgers have supplanted them in first place. Is that right? See, I man, lost four co- straight college football. I haven't looked at the standings in weeks. Freaking Brewers are thirty games above five hundred. You know that? I did. I did know it's that. Ridiculous. Got a friend who's a Brewers fan. Eric Lauer pitching for the Brewers. We've got uh, Logan Webb needing to right the ship for the Giants. Logan Webb, folks, eight and three with a two six on the year. Have yourself a season, Logan Webb. Red Sox, Rays. I won't be as aggressive. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you. Eduardo Rodriguez, Shane McClanahan, McClanahan, Marlins, Mets, TBD, Carlos Carrasco, Pirates, not good, Cubs, not good. Who did Zinger beat in 86 to win the Ryder Cup? Shane McClanahan, oh yeah. Mitch Keller going for the Pirates, he of the I Suck Keller family, Cubs throwing Keegan Thompson. Talk about performance of play. I understand that. Tired. You could, I'm tired of Mitch Keller. I, apparently, exhausted. Tristan McKenzie is going to pitch for the Indians tonight when they play the Royals. Mike Miner will start for the Royals. The Braves on a bit of a skid going against the Rockies. Tukey's Toussaint and Chichi Gonzalez. Oh, Tukey oh, versus Chichi. Tukey and Chichi. All right, all right. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Have I told you about my friends from T-Spark Enterprises? Because you need to know that uh, T-Spark is one phone call away, and he'll fix your roof, but he's also a licensed general contractor, so they can take care of any structural damage as well. All right. Far yeah. out. That's yeah. true. They, they, they got you covered. Peace of mind, man. When you buy a house, you don't have it. 
You need people you can trust, and that's at the top of my list of people I, I got can stuff trust. I got to do at my house, and I don't want to be reminded of it now. I'm just going to be watching football tonight, and I'm going to let those responsibilities. Is it like once you get to September, whatever projects have been done, that's uh, it? That's we're it. done. Uh, we're done with projects. We'll pick that, them back up the around Christmas time. Yeah. Well, my wife this week scheduled so many appointments for the kids. Uh, one was at Birch Orthodontics, and uh, there have been others, and haircuts and the like, and doctor's appointments and all this other stuff. And I'm like, hey, 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 what are you doing? Appointments are over. If the kids aren't healthy and cleaned up before September comes, that's just the way it's got to be. They're going to have to suffer into next year. Maybe in February we'll get around to it after the Super Bowl, but uh, you run a tight ship. I like that. What about are we you. doing? Because I'm trying to help out and be a good dad. I'm like, she's a, over. Can you run over here? Can you do this? Can you drop him? I'm like, this is the last week. There's no more of these. Honey, can you do things? Well, and given the change of locations too, there's all these extra things that we won't have to do next year. But I already told my wife. I'm like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's all I said. No, just she's like, sorry. why? I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, you're just not going to get You'll any know. help from me. Yeah. You'll know. Good work out of you, sir. Good work, Matthew. Thanks to all of you. Be well. Thanks for listening and watching. You guys take care. Have a great night. Enjoy the football, everybody. Hopefully you'll make a little little side change with the picks that yeah, I threw out Yeah, let's send them out with the pick graphic. Yeah, there we go. Send them out with that. Be well, everybody. See you tomorrow.